Hey guys, it's Mark here from ETF Tracker. This is the ETF Tracker show and the Exchange Traded Fridays edition. And it is an addition because we've actually launched another segment uh, for the ETF Tracker show. So that is the interviews with experts. And that's something that will come out each Wednesday. And so same time, same bat channel, uh, Wednesday morning, 7.30, just like this one comes out at 7.30 on Fridays. Uh, the interviews with experts is interviews with people from different parts of the ETF market. So we talk to brokers, um, market makers, financial advisors, the exchanges as well, and, and also the ETF issuers. So it's jam-packed with content. Um, so make sure you tune in. We've filmed a few of these episodes that will roll out over the next couple of weeks. So yeah, we're looking forward to sharing that content with uh, you guys, the awesome audience. So I'm going to jump in now to see what is in this week's edition of Exchange Traded Fridays. It's another doozy. So let's take a look. Alrighty. So um, this is issue number five. If you are interested in any of the back copies, just let me know. But if you subscribe to www.etftracker.com, .com.au, you can see uh, all the content. So um, if you subscribe, sorry, you will be able to get uh, access to each of these each Friday. But yeah, request if you wanna get any of the back copies. I'm figuring out how to put up the, uh, the back copies as archives uh, later on if anyone wants to go through any of those. So as per usual, you can listen or watch. Um, we're on YouTube and Spotify. So all of these will take you to the YouTube or Spotify um, channels. So you can take a look at that. We've got a few episodes up there. So it's just flown by, um, you know, the last couple of weeks. So we've already got four weeks worth uh, of the ETF tracker show. Um, sorry, the Exchange Traded Friday show up there. And we've also launched the interviews with experts. But as I said, we also film these. So if you want to follow along and see the content that we're going through, like we're doing now uh, here on the screen, you can take a look. Okay, so the first one uh, that we had was um, an article that we put out uh, on ETF Tracker. So this is a new feature for the ETF Tracker blog, and it's been something that we've been thinking about for the last couple of weeks, actually. So the idea is that, um, so at ETF Tracker, we get monthly uh, price updates, and what ends up happening is that by the time that data comes out, uh, which is near the middle of the month of the next month, um, the, the prices in ETFs have moved. And last month we saw gold do really well uh, alongside other commodities in the month of July, but then it fell in August. And we look at Yahoo Finance and Google Finance and other resources for um, pricing. And we're always constantly trying to pull different ETFs together to do the comparisons. Google Finance has a really good comparison tool. But what I thought would be even better is if we grouped um, all of those uh, things together. So what you can see here is um, an article about it. We've got a new feature on the ETF tracker app, uh, the ETF tracker page that is. So it's under resources. So if you go to resources and the drop-down menu that comes up, takes a second or two to load. Um, there's Google Finance comparisons. And what you've got at the top of the page, um, and if you're listening along, when you do get to that page, there's a set of um, preset groupings. These are menus at the top of the page. They talk about things like gold, other commodities, um, regional type ETFs. So there's Australian region ETFs, USA, China, broad China, um, India, other Asian, Europe, emerging market, factor-based, uh, various other ones, technology even. So th the idea is that um, we've already done the work to do the grouping. So if you click on say technology, it takes you down to the bottom of the page where you can see the various technology type ETFs. Now Google Finance only lets you do five ETFs at a time or five different securities to compare at a time. So we've had to group them. Sometimes we've done it based on market cap. Sometimes we've done it in an order which makes more sense. Um, and when you click on the Google Finance link, it takes you to the Google Finance page and the comparison's already grouped together for you. So in this technology group one, um, we've got, uh, let's go back to the menu here. We've got Hack, Asia, Atech, Tech, and Fang all grouped together. So that's the five there. It takes you to Google Finance, that's already preset. So it just makes it easier. And I've already preset it to look at the six month basis. So you can click on that, go there to Google Finance and then see 
Okay, well, what I can see right now is that Asia has still done really poorly. It had a little bit of a bounce back, it seemed like, in the last couple of days, but it is um, sinking again for you know whatever reason that is there. And then out of the group, what's doing really well is Hack, which is the global cybersecurity ETF that's at the top of the pile on the six-month basis. So definitely take a look at that. Google Finance is awesome. So that is a new feature for the ETF uh, tracker resources. So check that one out. And then another one which just came out uh, yesterday. So uh, yesterday on the, sorry, the Tuesday. So it was the 17th of August. So Safa, if you're not familiar with them, they, they are the Stockbrokers and Financial Advisors Association. And we got to actually write an article with those guys. So it's really good because um, they are all about promoting uh, all of the innovative things that are going on in the market. And so we spoke to them and uh, we were able to collaborate on this article. So if I click on that, takes you to the Safa newsroom. So when that loads, hopefully, hopefully soon, there we go. All right, the internet is working. Um, so this article that we wrote, I'll give you the rundown. The synopsis was that um, by, by way of backstory, we used to look at different ETF um, data sets that would come out from the various exchanges that would come out monthly. It's in Excel, it's in PDF format. There's a few charts in there, but we wanted to make it easier for people that uh, maybe not so Excel savvy to pull all the data together. And we did that with uh, ETF tracker. And so the ETF tracker app, um, the insights that come out of that, we spoke about what some of the things were that we saw. In this case, when we wrote the article, it was to the end of June, so nearly $116 billion worth of thumb. That's now nearly 119. Uh, there is 76% growth year on year for the financial year, um, compared to about 30% growth year on year for financial years before that. We also saw a couple of other things. So for example, uh, Australian and global equity ETF. So that's global in the sense that it's not Asia, it's not emerging markets, so they take those ones out. But that equates to, that those two groups only equate to 74% of the total market assets under management. So it's a very equity kind of focus, and especially in those kinds of regions, that's where a lot of the ETF money is, uh, is going. And a couple of other uh, details there. So definitely check that out. So that's free to access there from Safa. Let's go to the next article. And in this case, it is one from the AFR. So if you've got a subscription, great. Um, otherwise, we'll go through a little bit of it now. And that is this one from Jonathan Porter over there. It is ETFs are the best way to capture clean energy sector gains. And so what's this one about? So clicking on it, we see that um, they're talking about the annual growth rate, 76%, as we'd mentioned just before. Um, a lot of that going to clean energy uh, ETFs because there's a lot more um, ESG type investing going on there. Uh, Kylie Purcell here is quoted from Finder. She says that uh, there is no doubt that ESG investing is growing in popularity among investors who are looking to align their money with their morals. Um, they also talk a little bit further about the types of ETFs that are there. So one of the ETFs from Finder, which won uh, an award was the E-Invest IMPQ. So that's the ticker, IMPQ. It's otherwise known as the Better Future Fund. Um, and that won a Finder award, um, the, I think it was, the, yeah, the Find Green uh, Award. <clears throat> so the Find a Green Award they won. Um, so it had impressive financial returns. <clears throat> And um, it goes beyond uh, just screening out negative impacts. It proactively looks for companies that are generating more than 50% of their revenue from operations that actively contribute to creating a sustainable uh, future. So definitely one to look at there. There's also another one here from um, Van Eck. So the CLNE, Clean Energy uh, ETF, which is designed to meet the growing demand for renewable energy. So definitely take a look at those. So they describe a little bit, they talk to Arian um, here from Van Eck a little bit about that. They talk about the carbon intensity data and ESG metrics that uh, are provided. And if that's not provided, you need to ask why. MISCI is mentioned there and there's got, they've got ESG fund ratings and there's a link to that. So definitely make sure that you check that out. I've looked at the MISCI data as well for other purposes and data work that I do. And it's great, there's a lot of different indexes there um, for you know, different regions or just specifically for um, the, the whole world as a whole. So yeah, you can definitely take a look at that one. So that's that AFR article. Uh, there is another one here from Financial Standard, best performing global equity funds for FY21. And in this one, 
they take a look at some of the best performing funds. And what was interesting is that uh, an ETF, so most of these are not ETFs. So the, the top ones there were, well actually Loftus Peak Global Disruption Fund is there as an ETF, so you can trade it. It was a closed ended fund, it went to open. So that means it can be traded as an ETF. Um, but there's also T. Rowe Price, Ironbark, Royal London Concern, uh, Global Share Fund. And out of the group, they had uh, Capital Group, Alfinity, Dimensional, and then Fidelity and BetaShares uh, ETFs. So those were some of the top performing uh, global equity funds. So definitely take a look at that article. Uh, who knows, one of your funds uh, might be there. So that's interesting. And then we take a look at the uh, ETF securities ETF monitor. So what happened last week? So they come out every Tuesday. So if you sign up, you can get that in your inbox. And that's great because um, you know you can just, you don't have to keep on looking uh, at the pages or trying to find the page to, to get there. But it is easy if you go to ETF securities, you go to their resources section and then it's there under ETF monitors. And so if we download the monitor, it's a PDF file and it's divided up into a couple of different sections. So the top section is the performance monitor. Then they look at flows next and then trading volume. And in terms of performance, which a lot of people care about, there, were, uh, there was a four-way tie in terms of the weekly performance and that was led by food. Um, so that is the BetaShares Global Agriculture Company. So it's not necessarily just uh, you know food companies and restaurants and stuff. It's it's more of the agriculture kind of supply chain there. And then after that, it was OZF, which is the ASX 200 X. Sorry, ASX 200 Financials X REITs. So it takes out REITs there. And then after that, it was QFN, which is the financial sector ETF, and then MVP. Um, the Van Eck, so MVB is the Australian Banks ETF. So all of those were at 3.2%. What didn't do so well last week was ETF Securities, Physical Silver, ETP, MAG, ETP, MAG. Um, but with all of this, this is just one week. You should take a look at a longer period. So they've got here what did well year to date. They've also got what did well um, over a 12 month uh, period. So definitely ones to take a look for. Alrighty. So moving on, um, we've got another one here from the AFR, and this one's taking a look at the battery and tech play from ETF security. So that's ACDC, great name, and it's also a great ETF uh, as well. So uh, in this one here, we've got a description of um, the ETF securities uh, battery play, ACDC, produced an annual return of 76% in the last 12 months to the 30th of June. Um, so it invests in companies across the battery, uh, battery value chain. It's the only fund in Australia committed to this particular niche. Now, interestingly enough, we'll see later on down, down the uh, um, list of articles, there's another one from ETF Securities in terms of a new ETF that they've got. So in this one, uh, they also talk about climate change and how best to combat uh, as it's a major concern. In 2021, we are finally seeing governments globally take action with many announcing sizable projects and pipelines to transition to renewable energy, which is really, really good. So um, there's more detail here, and it's the three-year anniversary coming up uh, on August 30, a day after my birthday, which is great. And it's also a couple of days after the 20-year anniversary of the first ETF listing here on the ASX. So that was the 27th of August, so back in 2001. And it says here that the ETF tracks, uh, this is ACDC, the ETF tracks an index from Germany based, uh, sorry, it tracks um, an index, yep, based from, uh, so from Germany based index provider Solactive, uh, finally getting that out. Um, and that identifies the major players across the battery uh, value chain. And that's all linked to renewables and electric vehicles, which is awesome. So if you're into Tesla, if you're into all the competitors that are coming out um, all across the globe, uh, they all need uh, electric batteries as we move away from the ICE engines, internal combustion engines. So definitely an, an ETF thematic to take a look at. So there's a bit more detail here about lithium. It's one of the lightest elements on the periodic table. So you can take a look at all of that kind of stuff in uh, the AFR article if you have a subscription. So well worth it if you do. <clears throat> Alrighty. And then another one here from ETF Securities, so bumper week for them. Um, and this one is the ETF Securities Australian ETF Landscape, um, that's for H2 2021. And so uh, if we click on that, it takes you to um, a page here where you can fill out the details. 
Um, and what I'll do now is just pause. So I'll be back in a sec and I'll go find uh, that article because it was emailed to me and I'll be right back. Okay, so we're back and we've got the ETF securities uh, landscape report here. And as you can see here, they've got a little bit about the product summary of ETF securities ETFs. So some of the major ones are here. So um, major, if not all, I think this is all, sorry. Um, so this is the different ETFs. They've got ones that represent yield, there's future present um, ETFs, international commodities, short and leveraged, which have done really well um, in this kind of market at the moment and uh, partner product ones. So they partner with Self Wealth to produce um, the SMSF Leaders ETF from Self Wealth. And as we go further down the page, they've got the different categories in their contents. So they've got equities, Australia broad-based, Australia small mid-cap, high yield, sectors, strategy, various ones. And as we go down the page into these ETFs, what you see is that they talk about the fund, um, the ASX code, They've also got here uh, the management expense ratio or MER. So if you're looking at the ETFs, they like anything else, um, industries have acronyms and MER is management expense ratio. So take a look at that. The good thing is that they've got the descriptions here of what these ETFs are all about. And then also the replication method. So do they fully replicate in which they buy all of the um, underlying holdings and hold them physically? or do they synthetically um, replicate that? And that can be done through derivatives and other kinds of asset products. So that one's good there. They've also got the reference benchmark and the name of it here. So for example, if we're looking at, uh, let's take a look at um, an ETF here. This is the E-Invest, uh, one of the ones uh, we mentioned before, the um, Future Impact Small Fund, IMPQ, um, or now known as the Better Future Fund. Um, that is benchmarked to the S&P ASX Small Ordinaries Accumulation Index. They also have here how many, uh, what's the number of holdings? So ETFs can hold various things. It can be equities, bonds, it can be futures products, uh, various things there, right? How many um, holdings are in those ETFs? So some have more than others, but definitely worth a look at. And then if you see some, in, you know, something that's interesting, you can go to that ETF providers page and see what's inside that ETF. We also have a few ETF holdings apps in the ETF tracker. So if you go to the app section, we've got holdings analysis tools for BetaShares, iShares and State Street, and we're gonna grow that. Um, so that's what we've got at this stage. They also have the distribution frequency and also when the benchmark rebalances. So definitely worth a look at. This is a nice compendium, especially if you're um, either a, a novice to the markets and just want to read and learn a little bit more, or if you are well versed, and even if you are a veteran of the ETF markets, this is a nice little compendium because it's up to date. Okay, so definitely take a look at that. Alrighty, let's go to the global articles now. So what was going on around the world uh, in the world of ETFs? And this first one is from Bloomberg. Again, you'll likely need a subscription. So we sorted out our subscription. Um, so it's welcoming me back. That's great. Um, but if you don't, uh, I think it does give you access to a couple of articles um, for free to read until you hit your limit. Then you've got to sign up. So make sure you do. It's well worth it. Um, they've got an ETF section. So we get our news. We go to the menu. Um, there's this ETF section that's there. So it is under markets and then ETF. So take a look at that. In this one, Kathy Wood hits back at Michael Bury, um, says China turmoil boosts US tech. And so if you haven't seen the news, there's a bit of a uh, online kind of debate going on uh, between Michael Bury, uh, famous from the big short. He was famous for calling the housing market a drop um, back when that did and you know, had a movie where he was played by Christian Bale, great movie, really good to see. Um, the premise of this is that Kathy's saying that look, he, Michael's shorting the ARK um, Innovation ETF, that's their flagship fund, but Kathy's basically saying that look, he understands the housing market, but the way that the FinTech kind of market is working, it's um, not exactly what he thinks is, is happening. So he's shorting it due to the issues around um, Chinese technology giants, but uh, yeah, so the, there's definitely a big bet going on there. So her response, and there's probably been some updates to this over time. So definitely worth checking out on Twitter. 
and also this article. So Woods ARK ETF is now sitting with no exposure to shares of companies in the world's second biggest economy. So they pulled it out. They used to have a, uh, a portion um, of ETFs. And I think it says it later here in the article, they had a portion that was, yes, yeah, so 8% of its assets back in February were tied to Chinese stocks, but they pulled that out now. Other funds such as the ARK Next Generation ETF have also reduced positions in Chinese firms. The ARK FinTech Innovation ETF still has more than 9% um, of its portfolio tied to companies based in the country, including JD.com, Tencent Holdings uh, as well. So, so it's the ARK, Innovate, sorry, ARK FinTech Innovation ETF. So the ARKK um, is the ARK Innovation ETF, I believe. But yeah, anyway, take a look at this article. Uh, it is pretty interesting in terms of who's who's going to win, <laughs> who's going to be right there. And, you know, if you are invested or if you're just pulling money off the sidelines, I see in various forums and blogs and, you know, just from talking to different investors, some people are not happy with the current turmoil that's going on and would rather put their money to work elsewhere. So hopefully wherever you are, if you're still holding on, hoping for a recovery or you have pulled out that, you know, things do improve there. We always want to see um, markets just flowing smoothly as much as we can. Okay. Alrighty. So the next one is from the Financial Times. This is the age of ETFs is looming. And this is uh, one of the opinions pieces. So they've got a section called opinion and this is their markets insight. And so the author, Robin Wigglesworth, he is uh, definitely a well-known uh, journalist within the financial community. And in this case, he's talking about um, the exchange traded funds um, as being more than just passive index trackers. And that's in the headline there. So it starts off like an aging boxer who was still on top, but starting to lose some of their pace and power. The mutual fund is slowly but surely being supplanted by a newer and brasher invention. And that's the exchange traded fund. So we all know about ETFs here. If you're new to the market, you're getting to know ETFs because you listen to this podcast. Um, but before dwelling on why he, he goes into talking about why it's important to acknowledge what a phenomenal um, invention the open-ended mutual fund has been, arguably one of the greatest in financial history, whether ranked by success, longevity, or social usefulness. And so there's a great chart here further down, uh, which is called passive attack, and it compares ETFs, index funds, and other mutual funds. And what we do see is that ETFs are still a small part of that. We see that here in Australia, uh, we've got what is like a hundred, nearly $120 billion worth of funds. There's trillions in uh, mutual funds or our version of mutual funds here. So ETFs are still a smaller market, but that also gives hope that there's much more um, tailwinds behind ETFs because it's such a growing uh, in popularity that is growing asset class and also funds going into it. So riding that wave and just knowing that there's a lot of fuel behind that, whether it's intergenerational wealth transfers or whatnot, um, it, globally and, and also here in Australia, we're seeing that you know this is starting to, to move up and up. Um, ETFs are going to take more of a share of that pie. So they show that improving in this chart called passive attack. Um, and so that is changing there. And then also... They've got this uh, image here, sorry, this chart here, which is called US mutual funds incur capital gains more often than ETFs. And it compares capital gains in um, equity mutual funds and the equity ETFs. And so it's much more for um, capital gains in, uh, sorry, capital gains and long-term capital gains in equity mutual funds versus equity ETFs. So ETFs um, are just that kind of asset class where it's cheaper to trade uh, it's easy to get in and it gives you exposure to a lot more kinds of uh, thematics that would have been harder to, to choose from before. Um, the biggest advantage of ETFs are the flexibility. <clears throat> and so because of its gen genesis, and that's how they started, as an index tracker, the ETF is widely associated with cheap passive investment strategies. So the vast majority of the, the whole industry's nine trillion of assets are definitely just these passive index tracking ETFs. 
but also ETFs have evolved into much more than just next generation passive funds. Um, ETFs are adaptable wrappers for all sorts of investment strategies, and they're able to package up virtually any kind of market into a tradable uh, Lego-like, so Lego-like blocks of risk, whether offshore Chinese equities, bank loans, stock market volatility, or carbon credits. And we're seeing that here. There's a lot of different ESG funds. Um, there's new ETFs coming out that are focusing on hydrogen, and we'll talk about that. Um, and there's all this talk of Bitcoin or blockchain-related ETFs. So ETFs are just making it easy to create a way to trade on a certain thematic that, that's in the market. So there's definite advantage, advantages uh, to that. And then also the rise of uh, leveraged and inverse ETFs. They've exploded in usage lately in 2021. So last year we saw a lot of uh, inflows into the ETF markets. And what they're saying now is that the leveraged and inverse ETFs, we have a few here in Australia. There's definitely many, many more overseas, but Globally overall, uh, it has seen much more go into it in 2021. So the levels are over $120 billion, whereas before it just hit $100 billion in 2020. The years before that, it was just above 80. It got to 80 in 2018, and it was below 80. It was around 60, 70 in all of the years before that. So it was hovering around that mark. So there's something that's happened in the last couple of years that's really seen this explosion in popularity for that type of product. So that's the ETF um, kind of story that they've got there from Financial Times. So take a look. And then there's this other one here that the last two from the global are from ETF Stream. So this first one is a breakdown of global equity ETFs uh, as investors plan for new normal. And this is a talk about uh, factors. And factors are interesting because uh, where I used to work, uh, we used to look at the different factors that affect stocks. And so we would look at quality, uh, value, and momentum factors, and we'd give stocks uh, scores based on how they're performing in those different kinds of factors, with the idea being that if you have uh, in certain markets and certain ETFs, they respond well um, when they're having certain factors do well compared to others and benchmarks and, and the rest of the market. So some stocks would do really well when they have their momentum type factors, earnings momentum and other types of momentum do really well. You can read more about factors, whether it's on Investopedia or just look up factor investing on Google and you can see more. And in this uh, ETF stream article, they talk about the breakdown of global quality ETFs as investors plan for new normal, for a new normal. And so quality smart beta ETFs could offer the ideal long-term factor exposure for investors seeking to look beyond the seemingly pendulous swing in favor between growth and value equities. And so some people will say that, you know, growth and also in that momentum, so share price momentum and other sorts of momentum, are doing you know, really well. And when they don't do well, it swings to value. And we saw that recently, like when um, momentum was doing well, tech stocks were doing really well. And when, those, uh, when that type of uh, asset, whether it's uh, equities or ETS was selling off at the start of this year, we saw that uh, value type plays did really well. And so it is that kind of pendulum as they talk about the swings from side to side. But quality is something that they reckon in, in this ETF uh, stream article has been something that could have been a better play um, had you been in it. So they talk about the period uh, between July 2006 and July 2021, so those 15 years. Uh, and what they say is that $100, if you just had $100 invested in that time, the normal, just the world index, so that is the MISCI world index, just buying the flat index there, not getting exposure in particular to one of those particular factors, that would have turned that $100 into 338 over that 15 year period. And obviously if you invest more, you're gonna see more returns there, etc. cetera. Um, but meanwhile, uh, the MISCI value uh, world value index, $100 would have gone to 240, and um, the MISCI World Quality Index, that $100 would have turned it into 551. The MISCI World Growth Index um, would have returned 463. 
So the World Quality Index is actually something that's done really, really well. And going back to um, the, the Google Finance uh, tracker that we've got, um, so you can scroll, we're back on the page here for those listening in, I'm scrolling back to the top of the page. So this is on the ETF tracker page under resources. And under that resources page, you've got ETF datasets, ETF apps that we list from not, you know, we don't just advertise ours, but there's many other great ETF apps that are out there. And then the third option is Google Finance comparisons. And in that page, we also have, sorry, we have a menu option for factor-based ETFs. And so when we click on that, because there's a few, we have group one and group two. And across both of those groups, there's quite a few quality type ETFs that you can play here in Australia on the ASX and TriX. Okay, so there's Qual, which is Q-U-A-L. There's Q-H-A-L, and those are both from VanEck. There's also um, Q-L-T-Y, which is a BetaShares Global Quality Leaders uh, ETF. And then in uh, group two, we've got QMix, which is from State Street. They're spider type ETFs. That's the World Quality uh, Mix Fund. And so, and there's also HQLT, which is the BetaShares Global Quality Leaders. So it's the currency hedged version. If you want, if you want the currency type hedges going on there. So the idea here with this uh, Google Finance page is that we've grouped them together to make it easier for you. And when you click on the links, you can go to Google Finance. You can see how well these ones are doing. And so you can hover over each of these. So the one that's performed the best has been the Van Eck Miski International Quality ETF. So over the last six months, it's returned the most. It's 25.82% compared to the other ones there. But overall, the factor ETFs have done pretty well when you take a look. So. Uh, definitely one to check out. Um, the ETF stream article is free, so you can take a look more in detail at that. They go through some global uh, ETFs here. So there's IWQU, there's XDEC, that's from X-Trackers. That's a uh, ETF provider that we don't have here in Australia. There is iShares there, which does um, come in Australia. So that's from BlackRock. Uh, there's Fidelity as well. They've got a world quality income um, ETFs. So definitely take a look at those. If you're globally investing in ETFs, this is a good, uh, article for that. But if you're investing locally here in Australia, like I said, go back to the ETF tracker page and under resources for that Google finance comparisons. Alrighty. And the, uh, yep, we are up to the last article for this week. So it's another one from ETF stream and it's a blockchain one. We know we've spoken about uh, blockchain for the last couple of weeks. It's just a very topical, uh, subject not just for the global potential listing um, pending SEC approval in the US and, and elsewhere uh, for ETFs of the crypto variety, but also here in Australia. So if you didn't know already, there's uh, a crypto um, kind of a consultation paper that's been out from ASIC and they've been looking for respondents to that. So hopefully by the end of the year, that'll all be gathered and we'll see some response there from ASIC about their thoughts on uh, a local uh, Bitcoin or blockchain or crypto type ETF. So this ETF stream article is interesting because it talks about whether uh, blockchain ETFs are a good answer for non-correlation. And so one of the interesting things uh, about investing is that diversification is quite helpful. Um, you can miss out on returns for sure if you you know don't have all of your eggs in uh, technology, for example, when that was going up. If you put all of your uh, investments into that singular type of basket across different stocks and ETFs and they're all going up, that's great. But when the market uh, turns and goes down, if you're not diversified, you are going to go down with the market and it is a pretty uh, big fall if, if you do uh, have that. And so diversification um, dictates that when you do spread your bets across different types of um, assets, then you are going to be protected when those kinds of things happen. Sure, you you might miss out on some of the upside there, um, but the downside is really key because um, when markets are tumultuous, it's just a really nice hedge to protect yourself. And so um, what they talk about here in this article um, is that some research out from Citi uh, titled Uncorrelated Growth Opportunities in Bitcoin ETFs. It posits a handful of thematic ETF classes offer compelling opportunities for alpha generation. So that's, um, you know, generate. So alpha is a term in finance that uh, you want to generate uh, 
perform outperformance. You want to generate returns above your benchmarks. So looking for alpha or seeking alpha. So that name of that website is all about finding good returns, right? And as equities transition into the post-pandemic uh, world, so Bitcoin and blockchain-type ETFs could help with that alpha correlation. Sorry, alpha generation there. And the other th part about this is that. Um, Investing in blockchain ETFs, um, they can really help with uh, correlation because they are not necessarily correlated with uh, the markets. And so if the markets are doing well, that doesn't necessarily mean that say Bitcoin or any of these other coins are, are doing well as well. And if you can find um, any kind of asset class, whether it is an ETF that's uh, doing well, um, sorry, that has uh, Bitcoin or blockchain in there or crypto, or it's um, actually you know buying stuff on the exchanges uh, of the 40 plus different exchanges there in the crypto space. Uh, having crypto as part of your portfolio can really offer some good non-correlation and you want that non-correlation because if everything was correlated, like I said at the start, you're not diversified and things are gonna go up, great, but they're also gonna go down equally as hard. And so, uh, Bitcoin ETFs could offer that type of protection for you, that type of hedge in your portfolio. And better yet, if it's as an ETF, it just makes it so much easier to buy um, those types of ETFs. I had a conversation with Mark over at Stockspot today. And so that interview is gonna go out in the um, ETF uh, interviews with experts uh, on Wednesday. So that's gonna be from a couple of weeks from now. So definitely take a look at that. But we discussed this kind of topic. So it's well worth a look at. Uh, so that is from ETF stream. Alrighty, so we are up to the videos. And the first video that we've got here is from the compound. And that is out on YouTube. And that comes out twice a week. So we're listing the first one that they've got here. But definitely take a look at um, the compound and subscribe to the show if you're up. Uh, early enough in the Australian morning, uh, you can actually get to see the show live. Um, I'm usually asleep, everyone's working from home, so I don't have to travel too far uh, to get to work. So sometimes I do miss that, but I do catch up um, minutes after it has finished up. And in this week, they had uh, Josh Brown and Michael Batnick talk about a variety of market actions, including the rise of active ETF conversions. We spoke about that last week, so over in the US, there's a lot more active ETFs that are listing. Additionally, there's a lot more, um, and sorry, there's a lot more active ETFs that are listing over passive ETFs. And also as part of that, there's a lot more uh, that we're seeing also, not just there, but also here in Australia, there's a lot more ETFs that were uh, closed end. So they weren't traded managed funds, but there's a lot more of those that are coming to the market as open-ended. That means they can be traded as ETFs. So. Um, there's Magellan, there's Loftus Peak, uh, Monash has an ETF uh, out there as well. There's there's a variety, um, Hyperion too. So we're gonna see more of that because ETFs are just such a popular asset class. So definitely take a look. So they talk about that. They also talk about the current bull run in markets and how it's actually the fastest in recorded history. So we've got a chart here below the videos and this is, the, uh, this is actually a screen grab. Um, from uh, the compound show. And all of these are the different periods and it's hard to see there on the screen. I'll see if we can increase the size here. All right, so what we can see here is different uh, lines um, on the chart. And what these lines are showing is the uh, number of years on the horizontal axis and the returns on the vertical axis. Uh, in terms of the, what indexes is, this is the S&P 500. And each of the lines represent different years. So there's the June 49 to August 56 period. There's the August 82 to August 87 bull run. There's the October 90 to March 2000, so a 10 year bull run. And what this is, is looking at how fast it was to get the market to double off the lows that it had. So when we saw the market drop, most recently, which was March 2020 up until the, the current period, what we have seen is that it's taken just over a year for it to double. Now that is so much faster than all of these other ones. So it's the shortest in terms of the lines here on the screen. And what that means is that the markets have doubled much faster now off those lows 
than they have in any other kind of period of recorded history. So um, for the S&P 500, that is. So it's definitely um, something to keep an eye out for if you're concerned that, you know, is the market ready to pop, um, you know, or if you think it's going to still keep going. Just be mindful that, you know, the market, yes, it's it's growing fast, but it's growing, sorry, it's it's grown, it's doubled, but it's done so in a very, very fast manner. So that's what they're talking about there. They talk about other things such as Ethereum to 5,000 and some other topics. So definitely worth a look. Uh, the last three topics, uh, the last three videos are from Ausbiz. And so the first one is called, Are Investors Too Overexposed to China? So that was on the 18th of August. And in this episode, they talked to Kanish from ETF Securities. And we mentioned a couple of ETF Securities articles and notes up above. Um, they talk. He talks about the overexposure to Chinese markets and for investors, where else they can look across Asia and Indian ETFs. So if you're not looking into Asia anymore because of China, then you should definitely take a look at some of the other Asian ETFs. So there's India, there's South Korea, there's some Japanese ones. So definitely take a look there. Um, they've got an Indian ETF, so they highlight it in the article. There's two Indian ETFs so uh, that we can see on the exchanges. So let's go back up. We're back on the Google Finance uh, tracking page. And we've got all these different region groupings. So there's region Australia, USA, China, broad China. Um, so the China ones are China specific. Broad China is like Asia where um, the Asian ETF uh, from BetaShares has a lot of Chinese names, but it's not all just China. Um, there's the region for India. So when we take a look at that, it scrolls down and it takes us to, there are two uh, ETFs that focus on India. There is the IIND, which is the BeShares India Quality ETF. And then there's also NDIA, which is the ETF Securities Reliance India Nifty 50 ETF. And we can take a look at the comparison for those because we've got the link, we've done the homework for you, uh, the hard yards. And so it takes you to Google Finance. And as we can see here over the last six months, both of these ETFs are positive. So BetaShares has returned 12.3%, ETF Securities has returned 15.9%. So definitely worth a look at, take a look at the article um, there, sorry, the, the video there from Ausbiz and the uh, Google Finance resource that we have on ETF Securities. And then there's this other one from uh, Ausbiz called the ETF Investors Guide to August Reporting Season. And in this one, Nadine talks with Blair from BetaShares and he goes through what to look out for as an ETF investor in the current reporting season. So from dividends to interest rates and commodity prices. So that's five minutes, take a look at that one. And the final video that we list is uh, talking with James Whelan from VFS Group. So he's talking about the recent uh, Delta variant in China of COVID and the tempered growth expectations in the US, what that means for commodities. So. Uh, basically the idea is invest in ETFs and probably look to avoid stocks at this stage there, but definitely take a look at that article in James's take. Uh, we go to the podcasts and as I mentioned, it's an exciting week for us because we launched the first edition of ETF Tracker's interview with experts. So that's episode one. And in this one, it was uh, a chat with Adam Montana from Altus Financial. And so you can see that on YouTube, you can see that on Spotify. And that goes for about 25 minutes. So we learn more about um, the wealth advisor's view of how the ETFs uh, kind of assets um, can help clients. So that's uh, the link here is to Spotify, but you can also go to YouTube to watch that if you wanna see my mug and uh, Adam's on screen there. And we've got a description here and in both um, Spotify and YouTube, it goes through the questions that we ask. Um, and we talk about things like, how did you get started? Um, what kind of services they provide to clients at Altus Financial, what are their thoughts on um, ETF growth, how they recommend ETFs as part of a portfolio offering to clients and some more questions. So if you've got 20 minutes, definitely take a listen to that, maybe on your jog or something like that. Um, hopefully I can make you run faster. Uh, and then we've got a couple of other ones here. So that's the first one. So another one is uh, the ideas exchange. And this one is something that comes out from uh, the ASX. So I'll let that load. In this episode, they've got Martin Din. Um, he's from the investment products team over at the ASX, provides uh, a lot of great uh, insights on data. And we get that data that we need for ETF Tracker. And he talks with Damon Gozen from Van Eck about the esport and video gaming industry. 
Now, it's interesting because Vanek has a specific fund for this, which is called ESPO. So that's the esports ETF, and that's attracted over 100 million in assets since its launch in late 2020. So it's been a very rapid rise for that particular ETF. So check that out. And as we look here, the ASX has a page called the Ideas Exchange. And this is, I think, episode five, Martin mentioned to me, but they've got a few other episodes here. So episode one was Leaps and Bounds, the rise of ETFs. Episode two was Girl Power, Female Investors Taking Charge. Episode three was on Robo Advice. Four, five, and six they've got. So yeah, this is uh, probably episode seven. So take a look, especially if you're interested in ETFs or if you're interested in just the esports uh, markets in general and you wanna have a look at what people are doing to wrap um, different types of uh, holdings that relate to gaming and esports into a ETF wrapper. So that might just be of interest to you in general. So well worth a listen uh, and take a look at the other ones that they've got there. And then the other two podcasts, uh, the first one is Let's Talk ETFs. So that is a show um, from the team at Seeking Alpha. And this one's titled How Government Crackdowns in China Are Affecting ETFs. And in this chat, the team talks to the CIO and founder of Upholdings, and they discuss the impact of Chinese government crackdowns on tech companies, what that means for investors. So take a look. And the last one we list is from Phil Muscatello at Shares for Beginners. So if you didn't already know, Phil has, an, uh, has a podcast. One is called Shares for Beginners. The other one is called Stocks for Beginners. And <clears throat> in the Shares for Beginners one, he talks about Australian uh, investing, whether it's ETFs or equities or other types of investing. And so that's the Australian focused one. And the US focused one is called Stocks for Beginners. So you can listen to either or. We've been on the show, so it's been great. Shout out to Phil. Um, so in this one, he talks with Gemma Dale from NabTrade, and it's all about reporting season. So they talk about the current state uh, of reporting season. They talk about stocks, including CBA, Rio, uh, Fortescue Metals Group, Afterpay, and Square, and that deal that's just recently happened. So that's about 13 minutes, so take a look at that. In the tweet of the week, we take a look at this one from Mike Akins from ETF Action. So make sure that if you're interested in any of these tweets that we list, uh, that you follow along um, and take a look at the other e uh, ETF type posts that they have. And in this one, the post is about Chinese Tesla rival Xpeng and its expansion uh, and it, it expands production capacity as competition heats up. So there's a link um, to another article there. And then it shows here that Xpeng is held in a growing number of thematic ETFs, primarily EV and clean energy. So we talk, talked about um, EV type and clean energy ETFs. So there's the ACDC one. I didn't take a look at to as to whether or not that's in there if Xpeng is listed, but you can you know you can go to the ETF providers page and take a look at that. Um, and as a result, it's currently held um, Xpeng that is in the Amplified Thematic All Stars ETF MVPs. So that's an international ETF. But there's a, an image here which shows just the different areas where that uh, that ETF sorry that holding Xpeng is held in different ETFs. And then we have the chart of the week. So in this week, we look at ASX total fund growth. And the reason we're looking at that is because we wait until we get the data from ChiX to give a full picture of the market. So we get the initial part from the ASX. The ChiX guys, um, they do the same type of ETF report each month. And when those numbers come through, what we're able to get is a full picture. And so now we see that uh, initially from the ASX, we saw that the markets had grown to 115, over 115 billion uh, in July. But waiting for those uh, those other um, ones that come through from ChiX, we've now seen that it's grown to 118.7 uh, billion. So that's uh, a big uh, level of growth. It's about three to four billion over the last couple of months. Um, going back a couple of years ago, it wasn't that high. It was like a billion of growth um, each month. I'm sorry, that, that is quite high. But in relative uh, terms, it's growing much faster now than just a few years ago. So we have data going back to 2017, even further back when ETF started um, in the early 2000s, it was not this level of growth. So it's quite phenomenal now. And so it's interesting to see where the markets are at this pace of growth will be somewhere between 130 to 140 billion 
in market size by the end of the year 2021. So definitely worth a look. And you can see the chart here, uh, which shows that uh, it was about 42 billion in January 2019. So we don't go back to 2017 in this, otherwise it's too, there's too much detail on the chart, but you can see that in ETF tracker. And then we can also see that um, in uh, early 2020, it dipped as the market had dropped. And so people were taking uh, funds off the table and then it has just grown since then. And there was a big jump in November last year with some closed-ended funds listing that was MGOC from Magellan. So that bumped it up from just above 70 billion to over 90. And so that was definitely a big month and now we're at 119 uh, billion. So it's getting very, very close to 120. We're definitely gonna get over that next month. The popularity of ETFs is just continuing to push that market up. So it's a great place to be in. And if you are in that market and you want some ETF education, uh, you definitely need to check out what the work, uh, sorry, the work of the guys at Rask. So Owen Raskowitz and others in his crew, they have Rask Australia, and they've got a variety of different courses if you're interested in getting into the markets. And one of the interesting ones I think is, especially because uh, ESG type ETFs are growing in popularity. So Rask Australia has a course on ethical investing. It's called Ethical Investing 101. And they help you find um, a, a better understanding of ethical investing and knowing all the differences between things like ethical investing versus socially responsible investing and impact investing. What is all of that? So if you're interested, definitely take a look. Uh, we've got a screen grab of the image here below. We took a look at the different uh, topics that they've got in the various courses there. And there's about 19. So there's a lot of good quality content. This is free to enroll. So definitely make sure that you check that out whether you're interested in ETFs or in this case, ethical investing. And then we take a look at the ETF tracker app. So if you're interested in that, that's at the bottom of the page. Check out the forum. We're getting more questions on, you know, what types of ETFs, uh, how should I look at that? Um, what kind of data is there on ETFs? Which ETFs have different holdings? All of those questions and more are in the uh, ETF tracker forum. So check that one out. And then obviously we are on the different socials. Uh, we are on quite a few. So you're probably listening to this on Spotify or watching on YouTube, but we're also on Instagram. So we've got a growing following there. We are on Twitter um, and we're also on TikTok. So we're trying to do some, uh, some videos there, not quite uh, just all dancing. There is a lot of markets focused on that. And there's also LinkedIn. So whatever you're on, um, ETF tracker is there. So make sure that you, you take a look. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much it for the ETF tracker show. Um, so last week we had a little bit of a delay in getting the newsletter out. The video was able to come out cause I'd scheduled that, but I was doing the newsletter a little bit manually and I fractured my hand, uh, on Thursday. So I missed out on, on getting uh, the ETF newsletters out in a timely manner, but uh, from tomorrow, it's gonna to be scheduled. So you see that at 7.30, but I'm Mark. Uh, this is the ETF Tracker Show. This is the Exchange Traded Fridays episode number five for the uh, week ending the 20th of August. Thanks very much for your time and happy investing. See you later.